We are Vlad and Julie from Chasing Embers. And you're listening to The Mind of Little Rage. Enjoy. It's time to get loud and get heard on a Saturday edition of The Mind of Little Rage. And now your host, Charles Little Rage Alloway. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Mind of Little Rage. And on today's program, we are going to have a repeat guest, which I always get excited about repeat guests. And we've got Trey from Sincere on the program today. And on April Fool's, they kind of pulled the fast one, tried to pull the wool over our eyes a little bit. They uh, had a post on their social media saying they were calling it quits, but Really, they were just ambivalent about the whole thing and actually released a brand new single on April 1st. And we will also be talking about an upcoming release called Sure Stay that will be dropping on June 30th. That will be Tuesday. So, which is, it kind of lines up with, uh, that's the typical release date for like music and video games and all that other stuff. So, without any further ado, Trey, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me again. Oh, man. it's Like I said, it's always a pleasure to have a repeat visitor, a repeat guest. And uh, if I remember correctly, we, uh, you know, we, we had a pretty good time talking about uh, the Austin music scene and, uh, and just the band itself. So uh, kind of bring us up to date on what's going on. Well, uh, I think like most of everyone in the world right now, uh, some things have changed as far as the live scene, as far as communicating and talking, you know, with just regular people. But I think as far as the writing process, the production, everything, it's pretty much been business as usual for us. Uh, we've been working on some new material, kind of been inspired actually a lot by the bands from the indie underworld and uh, just seeing all the, you know, all the, the, the awesome new episodes that you know you've presented with some of the bands like Carmilla and uh you, you know bringing back Demon Scar and Pharmacide and you know all those guys are so fucking awesome so um with you know some of those bands starting to do collaborations they kind of got us inspired to sort of do the same and now thanks to that we actually have a, a brand new song that we're getting ready to release and uh we all couldn't be more excited to to share it with everyone it's it's a very special song so uh, especially at a time right now when I feel like a lot of people are dealing with, you know, losing people that they love and care about. I think it's going to be a very special, sp- special kind of song. So, yeah, that's what we've been up to as of late. It's always good when you have 
you know, you're able to reach out and 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 hopefully touch, you know, touch somebody's heart or touch somebody's soul in a in a very positive way or allow them to to grieve or, or get rid of anger or something like that. You know, and, and music is such a powerful weapon when it comes to dealing with your emotions and stuff like that. So, you know, that's that's always a good thing. And as as usual, I'm gonna commend I'm gonna commend you guys on on doing that. And you bring up the indie underground and man, uh it seems like Demon Scar and David HK and you know all those guys, including yourselves, have just been super fucking busy. You've really maximized this quarantine time or downtime uh, to to really focus on the music. Absolutely, and it, and I, I cannot uh, express how grateful I am to be a part of that network. Just because those guys are so not just influential, but they're so supportive. Um, I honestly feel like I talk to those guys more than I talk to most members of my family these days, which is kind of crazy to think about, but it's literally like a daily thing. We check in with each other and anybody has any kind of, you know, tips about anything or, you know, any, just whatever's going on at the moment, you know, everyone shares, you know, with everyone else. And it's just, it's so, it's so relieving to be part of that kind of community, especially right now when, you can go on Twitter, you can go on Facebook, and it's just there's just so much bickering and arguing, and it's just it's such a negative, hateful vibe going out there. And it's great to know that we we have a place where we can all get away from that. And it's just about the music, and it's just about inspiring one another and lifting one another. And I mean, we really go to bat for 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 each other. And I, I've never had any camaraderie like that, not even with people that I've actually had in my band, you know, so it's, it's been a whole different kind of experience, but oh, man, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be a part of it all. Like it's really been a, a big positive shift in my life, like both personal and professional. So yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more grateful for it. Well, I think you need to put yourself in that category because I, I'm sure that, you know, your music, you know, the music of Sincere is also done some inspiration and, and and put that what i what i like to call the creative spark in in other bands not only in the in the underworld but outside of the indie underworld you know I, I know you guys and i say you guys but you know and there's not just guys in there but right, you know, right, the, right. The, the bands that are that are that that close cohesive unit of the indie underworld you branch out maybe unwittingly or, or unknowingly to other bands that maybe are not part of that group and being able to influence somebody like that is just, you know, it's, it's damn near priceless. Yeah. And that's very true. I, I honestly never did think of that. Cause I remember uh, listening to the pharmacide episode and I want to say uh, Ukrainian were the ones who actually got pharmacide into the group and kind of the same way we got brain cell, which is one of my favorite bands that I discovered recently in the past few years. Uh, we just got them added to the group as well. And, uh, I mean, man, definitely you should try to get those guys on here as well because they're just they're just so fucking good, man. And uh, the lead singer, Joe, me and him have actually gotten pretty close in the last few months. And he actually helped me get onto a uh, a radio show uh, not too long ago on Facebook Live, which was pretty cool, too. So, I mean, just more supportive, you know, people like that, man. I mean, just, like I said, have such a positive, radiant light on you and... Like, it's cool because we'll, we'll 
uh, we'll share like new music with each other. Like when we just get done recording like a new demo, he'll send me something. I get done recording something, I'll send him something. And it's, it's just cool to just sort of have that that camaraderie unlike ever before. But yeah, I mean, I never really did think of it like that just because, you know, I mean, you're always like your own worst critic and all that stuff. And you don't really look at your credentials. You're looking at everyone else's credentials around you. And that's kind of what you're basing your your shit on. So that's kind of, I guess, where I got all that from. But yeah. Yeah, it it's funny because it, you would, I, I guess in a way you, you think you would naturally think that maybe you wouldn't be your own worst critic, but and it yeah. doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's music, whether it's cooking dinner or you know cleaning your house or or whatever. You know, you get done, you think you've done a good job, and then you start looking around or you taste the food, and you're like, oh, well, I should have put oregano in here. Or, <laughs> You know, you know, I, oh God, I, I missed that corner. God, you know, I'm such a dipshit, you know, and I'm, I'm the world's worst at this. I'll, I'll go back and listen to my podcast and go, what the fuck, dude? You sound like, you sound stupid. Like, oh, dude, I like think the same thing about you hit myself. your head on the rock or something. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you know, man, in a lot of ways too, though, I think it's good that you that we all kind of experience that humility a little bit you know because like uh one of the things i i have noticed about the group is that like everyone else's production was so on point you know like that was one of the things i, I noticed early on and i would like listen to like one of my songs and then i would put you know black rose reception on right afterwards i'm like fuck dude my shit is weak but in a lot of ways too i needed to hear that because now like i'm so much more aware of like the way like certain things are supposed to sound in a song and when it comes to post-production you know like what what it is that you're trying to go for instead of just like throwing shit at the wall you have a better idea of what it is that you're trying to go for and my ear has been so much more sharper now thanks to all of those bands because all these bands are fucking firing on all cylinders man and it's like shit i gotta i gotta keep up you know and it's not even to like try and outdo anyone it's just to just try and hold my own you know because i mean everyone is just kicking ass right now man and writing such great music and you know and i i i don't want to get lost in that either you know i want to keep up the momentum as well so like it keeps you on your toes so you know and in a lot of ways some of that humility is good and it, and it can go a long way if you you know let it and and you said that right you've got to be open to that constructive criticism if you're not it, it if you're one of those people, and I used to be this way, if somebody was critiquing what I was doing, you know, whether it was me playing soccer or with with my former bands or anything like that, you know, you should do this or, you know, as pertaining to soccer, hey, quit trying to slide tackle everybody and, and break their necks, you know, just right. stay on your feet or something like that. I was like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, as you get older and as you as you mature and get wiser, you start thinking, hey – you know, maybe, maybe they've got a point, you know, maybe, maybe I should, you know, maybe I shouldn't just be so blatantly hard on when I hit, hit my snare. Maybe I need to have a little bit more finesse to my playing or something like that. And yeah, yeah. and when you do it, it, you find out, Oh God, they were, they were so fucking right. You know, I was expending all this energy, you know, when I could be a little bit more cool about it and just kind of sit back in the pocket and just let other people shine too and it's really cool yeah and i think like like you said it, it a lot of it comes with age too because you as you get older you learn like you know maybe i don't know everything maybe i don't exactly have all the answers maybe it might be better if i get some 
kind of feedback from someone who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about, you know, and <laughs> once you're able to kind of just step outside of yourselves and now as I'm older, like I'm, I'm trying to remove the ego as much as humanly possible, you know, because like, I feel like that's a lot of the reason why people can't get along anymore is because they want to be so gung ho right about everything. It's not even about the truth necessarily. It's just about trying to be right, you know, and, and everything else negates that now. And I think that's kind of the issue. And I think ego is a, a driving force and all of that. So the less egotistical I can be, especially when it comes to my music. And, it's, and if someone has a much better idea, I am more than willing to, to hear it out. I mean, just anything, you know, like it's not about me. It's not about what I can sh what I can show. It's about how can I make this song the best it can possibly be? That's what it should that's what it should always be about. And that's kind of what I how I look at music as a whole now. So, yeah, I think most bands, especially if you're younger, you know, when I, I think my I think I was 17 when I got in my first real band, we were just dead set on, you know, taking over the world and you know, we we thought we were making the greatest stuff ever, ever. You know, right up there with with Megadeth and Testament and fucking Jane's Addiction and all this other stuff. And then, you know, when you get kind of put in your place and thrown back to earth, and you're just you just kind of go, okay, what do we need to change? What do we, you know, what can make us better? What can make us better musicians or better songwriters? And you know, when when you kind of and and that's not a negative thing. That's definitely a positive thing. You learn and and you realize, like you said, it's not about what what I can do. It's it's, you know, what's going to be the best for everyone involved. Yeah, definitely. And I think where I first heard that from was of all people, Mike Patton. You know, because I mean, anyone who knows Mike Patton is like, I mean, he's up there. the The dynamic range that that guy has with his voice is just uncanny, man. And the fact that he doesn't look at himself as like a lead singer, he looks at himself as a vocalist. And it's like, my voice is an instrument, no different, no bigger, no better than the guitar or the bass or the drums. What can I, how, what can I do with my voice to bring this song what it needs? You know, and that was one of the first eye openers for me was when I heard that. Like, I stopped thinking about like. You know, the ideas of what a lead singer or what a front man or whatever the fuck you want to call it, you know, what whatever that represents. It's and it, I don't know, maybe in the mainstream, maybe that's probably where a lot of those uh, stereotypes and all that stuff came from, you know, the lead singer syndrome and all of that shit. But just to, to hear that from a guy who has literally all the fucking talent in the world, that that was that was just yeah, that was mind boggling for me. So I, I definitely changed my approach at the way I look at songwriting when it came to that. Well, you know, I noticed something in the 80s, and I'm going to date myself again. <laughs> but you had bands and groups that, that really, you know, they made headway. They, they started gaining a really big uh, fan base and everything. And, of, of course, it was the explosion of MTV and things of that nature. But what when you were, when you were just talking, one band that popped in my head was, I don't know if you're familiar with them, called The Bangles. It uh, uh, kind of rings a bell. They they, they were they were uh, an an all female band. They were kind of a I guess you'd call them like maybe power pop or something like that. They were guitar based music, uh, okay. uh, really good. One of the guitarists, she was just, and I think it was a lot of it was was due to her looks. Uh, she was as talented as hell, but they started marketing the band. Not just the Bangles, but it was Susanna Hoffs and the Bangles. And I'm like, 
even, you know, I'm, I'm like maybe 12, 13 years old and I'm like, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and then shortly after that, you know, you didn't hear, you didn't hear anything from them, you know, and Susanna went off and did her own thing and, you know, the Bengals just kind of ceased to exist and everything, but that's your, that's what you were saying, you know, that lead singer syndrome or, or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think part of that may be the fans unknowingly doing something, you know, because, right. oh man, Susanna's so great, you know, I, you know, and it's, of course, it's going to be the guys sitting there going, man, she's so hot now, nah, nah, right, you know, right. but, yeah. but at the same time, I think that the record companies at the time, we're sitting there going, oh, we're sitting on a gold mine. She should be the one out in front, and the girls be the the you know the rest of the band be her backup band. And I'm like, right, that that's just that's not right. There's something wrong with that. Right. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, it's it, I think that is probably where it came from because I remember even when I was younger, and you know, just hearing bands on the radio, and then later on you hear like uh, the lead singer go solo. And I always remember, like, wondering, like, why would they do that? Why, like, the singer already has someone playing music for them. Like, why would they need to go solo? I remember asking my mom this, and she's like, oh, well, you know, they just they just wanted more money, more more fame for themselves or whatever. And I remember that, like, early on, and that's sticking out in my head. And I just always was like, no, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to be that. I've never, I've never really been that, I've never really been a confident person. I mean, only when it came to music was I only really confident. But even then, even now, I still struggle with that. But like, I just, I can't fathom, you know, just like, just wanting more and just thinking like, you're the shit. And just like, I don't, I just, it baffles me that some people can just be like that. Like, I just, I just don't get it. But I don't know, I guess that might have been where a lot of the ideas and that perception came from. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy, man. I don't necessarily think that that's always the case. You know, you've got oh, uh, no, a band no, like like not. King's X, you know, and all three of those guys can sing. They can all they've all mastered their instruments. They're amazing musicians. And, you know, maybe somebody like Ty Tabor, guitarist, has written, you know, 50 songs, you know, or something like that. And King's X does an album and he, he's sitting on a treasure trove of, al- of songs right. that maybe don't fit into the King's X sound. So, you know, he goes and does, you know, Moonflower Lane or, you know, something like that. And Doug goes and does, you know, does his solo project, Pound Hound, and Jerry Gaskell goes and does his thing. But they always come back together. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, if it's done right, LeJean Witherspoon did a did a solo record. You know, Clint Lowry's doing a, has done a solo record. Mark but, Morton just recently did one, too. Exactly. Yeah. But they always come back. True, and, true. That's a very you know, good point, and, yeah. And it and it may be just another creative outlet. Hey, this is this doesn't fit into, you know, uh, the King's X sound. It's something completely different. You know, I'm going to put it on mine. And the other guys are like, well, hell yeah, dude, go do it. Hell, I'll even I'll play drums on a couple of, of tracks or whatever. Uh, I guess it all depends on what the mind frame is of of that particular musician. Are we doing it to, because I want to? exploit my my fame and and you know maybe surpass the rest of the guys in the band or is it hey it's just another creative outlet i'm i'm just gonna do my thing but i'm always i will always and forever be you know king's x or or what have you so uh you know i i guess it just depends on the individual yeah that's yeah that's very true too i mean i and it's funny that you mentioned that too because that's um I remember when I when I was in my very first band, that was actually the thing that eventually led to the 
breakup of the band was because at the time, you know, metalcore was really, really popular. And I, I, I liked I liked some of it and I still do. I still am a fan, but the the entire genre as a whole, I felt like eventually just kind of became a parody, you know, and it was just chug, 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 scream, whatever, you know. And I I was always I was always into doing something different. I always wanted to be the band that stood out, whether you liked us or not. Like I always wanted to be that band. And everyone else in the group wanted just wanted to do hardcore, just wanted to do breakdowns and yada yada. And then eventually uh, another band started forming. And it was a different kind of sound. It was so different than what what else was going on in the scene at the time. And I started like wanting to do that. And I remember them getting upset because I was going to go and jam with these guys. And they're like, well, whatever, whatever you want to do, just do it with us. I'm like, but you guys don't like what I like. You like this. This is what you want to do. And I don't have a problem doing that, but I also want to do more. And that's kind of where, you know, all the... <laughs> That's where all the self-destruction started and all that. But yeah, it's just it's, it is just weird looking at it from all those different different perspectives. Because I mean, sometimes I don't know. It's just it's just wild, you know. The the whole marriage of trying to write music with someone and you know just I don't know. It's just well, crazy how many dire- different directions it can go into. Well, taste change. You know, new things pop into your life. Right. You know when Absolutely. when uh, you know growing up. You know, I'm I'm five, six, seven years old. It was nothing but George Jones and Elvis because that was my that was what my grandmother listened to, and and she was my world. You know, my grandmother was my world, and uh, Buck Owens and stuff like that. I in in even into, you know, being like ten, eleven, twelve, being in the Abilene area of Texas. You know, my my stepdad always had it on. Uh, I think it was Keen one oh five, and it was a country station. <laughs> So I was inundated with country music, and it wasn't until I got into uh, like fifth, sixth grade that I was like, "Hey, what's this other shit?" You know, and, you <laughs> yeah. know, started learning about you know bands like uh, like Rush, and you know, you find Cinderella, and you know, you use that as the stepping stone. I, I mean, I didn't get into Strapping Young Lad until I was like in my thirties. Yeah. Mainly because Devin Townsend, the picture of him with that skull, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but, but you know, as you grow and as you evolve, you know, mentally as an individual, you, you open your mind up to different things. And like you said, I, I would, you know, you guys don't like what I want to do. I still love doing what we're doing here, but I, I, I need to fill this void. I need to do this. I totally understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's easy to look back on it now in hindsight and understand because there was a lot of mistakes I made too, because it got to a point, man, I don't even want to go into the whole story. I don't even go. Don't worry, just, you don't have to. Right, right. But, ju- <laughs> but just, uh, you know, bullet points and whatnot. Um, eventually, I ended up joining the other band without the other without being up front about joining the other band. And that caused a lot more trouble as well. And that that was my fuck up. Because I should have just been up front and honest from the get-go. And, I, you know, you're just being young and just being petty. And, like, now, like, your fucking pride gets in the way. And, like, now, fuck them. They should know better. Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. Anyway, it came down to the point where it was, like, they were they were saying, we don't want to put any pressure on this. We just want this to be fun. And we just want it to be a hobby. And I'm, like, that's cool. But this is more than a fucking hobby to me. This is my life. This is going to be my life. So if you guys don't want to make this your life, 
I'm going to go find someone who does. And that was where my journey began. And that was kind of what led me, you know, right here talking with you now. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, you always wish you could change things and do things differently. But I mean, as far as every decision I made, I mean, I don't regret it because it got me right here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, the trials and tribulations and bad decisions and good decisions, all that. Right. It, it culminates to, like you said, getting to where I am now. And, and if I had to go back and change anything, probably wouldn't change a damn thing. And and that's I, th- I think that says a lot about who you are as a person is that you accepted the mistakes that you made and you're like, yeah, I could have done that differently. But at the same time, you learned from it and said, OK, I'm not going to do that again. I can't go back and change it. So why ponder, you know, why, why revisit it? Why beat myself up on it? I'm where I'm at now. Let's push forward. Oh yeah. And you know, furthermore too, I, I think that is also something to be honest that I'm still struggling with because the way that the events have unfolded in the past five years, you know, since we formed sincere, it's just so weird because a lot of the, bad awful things that happen man have led to such great you know great pieces of music and i i mean obviously i know a lot of that came from the pain and the and the hurt that i you know endured when all that was going on and that that is kind of where i struggle because it's like if i could go back and relive all that or if i could go re- go back you know and change it anything would i and i struggle because a part of me is like i don't ever want to feel like that again but at the same time, too, I also know that because I did feel like that, I now have what I have, you know, in my arsenal, what I have as far as like what I've created, you know, or what I've helped create with other people. And, you know, it's just it's just one of, again, it's just one of those things that I it's an internal struggle because I feel like there's half of me that wouldn't change a thing. But there's also another half of me that I just wish I wasn't always so fucking miserable in order to write a song, you know. But I mean, it's just it's just weird the kind of tricks your mind plays on you but for the most part i am absolutely grateful for everything that has happened because i am here with sincere the way i guess it was supposedly meant to be so yeah well what it comes down to is it's the silver lining in the dark cloud yes absolutely you know taking yeah, and i think that's the only a, thing you can no go ahead no i was just gonna say taking a negative situation and putting a positive spin on it and, yeah. you know, whether, it, you know, if, if, you know, you can use it to make a situation better or just a learning experience, you, you come out on top. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the only way you really can look at it, because if you try to look at it any other way, it's going to it's going to break your heart every time. You know, there, there there's so many things that you just cannot explain. And I don't know, people's actions or just things that happen regardless of anyone out of regardless of anyone's control you know shit just happens sometimes and you can't change you can't change it but you can always change how you see it and perceive it and that's something I that's the only thing you you know you really have control over change gears just a little bit you know i think the last time we talked this whole covid shit hadn't really come come in full force right um in in that time we've 
we've seen you know bars and venues and and restaurants closed down for very uh, obvious reasons but here lately it seems like they're kind of doing like a, a a phased in opening and stuff like that have you noticed if any of the the venues either in San Marcos or Austin are, are kind of starting to to let people back in are they still kind of closed down you know i know six streets you know huge with the live music scene but have you have you heard anything from those areas the only ones i've really heard of is uh i know uh come and take it live in austin opened up i with everything going on i'm not sure if they're still open but i do know that they did actually have a few shows booked uh because i follow those i follow them on uh facebook and I love that venue. That is a great, great fucking venue. So many great bands come through there all the time. The last show I actually caught was at Come and Take It Live. So um, that's the only one I've heard of as far as Austin. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but uh, you know, because I don't live there and because I don't really, when I talk to Cameron, I don't really, we don't really discuss a whole lot as far as that stuff goes. So mm-hmm. like, that's just as far as I know. But uh, San Marcos, uh, I don't believe any. Any live shows have been booked. I do know that some of the bars have opened up, but there's also been a lot of cases of uh, coronavirus uh, popping up around here. So uh, some of the bars actually closed again. So as far as I know, I don't think there's any live shows going on around here at the moment. But I mean, I just I feel like it's just so, so risky right now. I just I don't I just don't know why we can't wait a little bit longer for those kind of things. But I mean, I also understand too, you know, it's, it's a business people have, you know, people have to pay bills, you know, and you got to do what you got to do. So I I don't fault anyone for, you know, going back out there, but it's just a fucked up crazy time, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I just, I can't believe what all is going on. You know, it's insane. Well, how has it affected you personally? Uh, it honestly, the worst it's done is just it's affected my job because I'm a vendor so I actually I'm I'm at the grocery store like every day that I'm out working and I go to multiple grocery stores a day so I go anywhere from like three to five grocery stores per day and it's 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 nerve-wracking man because I mean the majority of people are not are not taking precautions they're just being selfish self-entitled you know what you know just they're just all over the place, just acting like it's not, they're not treating it like it's, uh, it's a big deal. And that's the only thing that really bothers me. And that's the only thing that's really affecting my stress. But I mean, as far as everything else, man, it's pre- pretty much been the same, you know, the same, just like I said, business as usual. I mean, as far as the writing process and everything, it hasn't changed it one bit. You know, I still write the same way I do. I still, I've actually been able to go back to 1090 Studios for a little bit and uh, uh, recording all the vocals for Sure Stay the last time I was down there and actually demo out a couple of new stuff that we're working on. So I've been able to like, you know, make my trips, do my job, work. But yeah, it's just as far as people themselves, that's pretty much the only thing that's really brought me down and other personal stuff, which we'll get into here in a little bit with the song. Um, Yeah, man, it's just, I mean, you can only take it a day at a time, and that's pretty much all I'm doing. So yeah. Last time we were we talked, we didn't. Ambivalent hadn't been released, so let's go ahead and check that song out. And then when we come back from the break, uh, we'll have you talk about that one a little bit, and then we'll continue our discussion with Trey from Sincere. So stay tuned. Enjoy Ambivalent. We'll be right back. 
We are back with Trey from Sincere, and on April 1st, they released the song you just heard. It's called Ambivalent, and Trey, what can you tell us about this one? It, it, it kind of had a little bit of a humorous introduction to the world. <laughs> Ambivalent, uh, although we promoted it with some humor, is actually a very serious song. Uh, Ambivalent was actually written back in 2018. I want to say a little bit before we started finalizing our 30p patch me up uh that one had already came to fruition 
that one and actually uh, one more fix for anyone who actually you know listens to our stuff. Uh, those both of those songs were actually written right exactly around the same time. But one more fix actually came out last year. So the reason for the holdup was because kind of like with some of the other songs that we're, we've done, there really is no telling when it, when I feel like the song is finished. Sometimes it can be once Cameron gives me a song, a week or two later, it'll be done completely. And other times, you know, this one took two years. The reason be- being is that I really wasn't feeling the first few drafts that I'd written. Like uh, when I first written them, I was kind of going through a lot of shit at the time. Uh, I was thinking very irrational thoughts, just kind of just putting stuff out there just to say it, not even because I felt like it fit or not even because it was going along with, I was saying conceptually, I was just getting all this stuff out. So, you know, upon, you know, listening to this stuff back and having a lot of time to really reflect on it, I realized that like, this isn't it. Like, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, everything I do now, as far as like with this group, it's all just completely out of feel. It's completely out of emotion and i just wasn't feeling it at the time and i was like it's too it's it's just one dimensional you know there's not there's not enough there for for everyone to take something from it you know so i started looking at it from a more broader perspective you know and instead of it being about uh a relationship of some sort it's about all relationships you know about someone that you became really close with your best friend uh, a family member or you know your significant other whoever doesn't matter and then just falling out and just realizing that, you know, sometimes the decisions we make, no matter how big or how small, I mean, even if you don't know exactly what you're deciding at the moment, later on you realize like, yeah, maybe I should have done that or damn it, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know, and that's kind of now it's more of a universal meaning, you know, now that I was able because, you know, like they say, uh, when you're standing too close to the elephant, you can't see the whole thing. But once you take a step back, you can see a, a bigger picture and you get a better idea. And I think that was kind of the case with this song. So after draft, after draft, after draft, I think it went through like four different four different versions. We were able to put this one together and and it came out the way it did. And man, the reception for it has been insane. Like I cannot believe how many people have taken a liking to it it's it's probably like the biggest song we've done so far which is saying a lot but it's just yeah it's just weird that if i hadn't if i hadn't have taken my time with it who knows if it would have had the impact it did so i'm i'm grateful that we sat on it <laughs> for as long as we did because it paid off well a win is a win brother it doesn't you know it, going back to what you were saying earlier you know you're you know typically yourself is is the worst that you know the heaviest critic uh you know i i I know i'm very critical of my of things that i do but i guess the statement you know (laughs) maybe it just kind of caught me off guard but you know saying you know i guess to the effect of you know can't believe you know people actually listen to this stuff dude I, I have to say this and and i i'm not blowing smoke up anybody's ass i'm uh, every band that has that I've had on this program, they they have really good music, and you know whether it be alternative pop, which, and I've had one alternative pop episode, and uh, but you know it's mostly in in the hard rock and heavy metal. Every one of them, I there was a re, there was something really good about that song, something that resonated, and whether you know it or not your lyrics are going to you know resonate with someone it's going to mean something to someone even though 
you know, you think, uh, you know, it's I love the song, but I can't believe anybody else does. No, it, it's going to happen, dude. It's going to happen <laughs> because it's so good. Uh, music as a whole. I wouldn't be wearing the sincere shirt right now if I didn't believe in sincere. So I just, I don't know. I, I guess maybe that one just kind of, kind of caught me off guard, but you know, it just, I, I think, um, not to the point of conceit or whatever, but you know, have that, that thought process that, Hey, we're good. And, and, you know, we're putting out our best stuff and we're going to reach people with it. And I, I kind of think that's the mindset you kind of have to have. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think with every release that we've every release we keep putting out that that becomes more apparent and even again, you know, going going back a little bit to what we were talking about as far as ego and all that, you know, I I try to keep my ego in check even as far as like okay, well this is remember this is about the music, okay? It's not don't don't get all excited because they say like this or that, you know, it's like we we are on to something. I don't know if it's it, it, if it's the melodies or if it's the words, what regardless of whatever is hooking everyone into checking us out and, and you know it's we have something special and, and that much I, I'm very confident in and that's something that I'm I I don't take lightly and something that makes me want to work harder. So I mean yeah, I mean Absolutely. I know that there, this is truly something special and I just want to keep pushing things and keep, you know, uh, getting it bigger, better and better. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You just you have to have that attitude. You know, we're going to we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to. Oh, yeah. You know, get better. We're going to you know, the music is going to evolve to its natural state where it should be, you know, and we have to kind of go along for the ride a little bit, you know, but right. Still kind of keep the reins in in check but you yeah, know yeah. people people are gonna people are gonna like it and if they don't like it that's okay that's okay right. it's not a big deal you know right. and um you know i i haven't been able to be a, a walking billboard here over the past what three and a half four months like like i promised everybody <laughs> i would be doing but you know if i walk to the convenience store or something like that that's that's right around the corner you know i, I i'm okay whose shirt am i gonna wear today Oh, I totally do that too. Okay, I'm I'm pulling out sincere today, and you know I'll walk in the store and I'll get people look at me like, "The fuck is that? Is that is that a nun?" Oh man! When when the shirt when the shirts came out, uh, all of all of my family wanted one, and uh, my brother and his girlfriend uh, they they both got one, and. Uh, their kids, they saw the shirts and, you know, they, they know the logo, they know the logo because, you know, they seen me and they've seen some of the stuff I do. So like, they knew it was mine and they're like, is that Trey's shirt? And they're like, yeah, yeah. He's like, we want one, we want. And then she saw the nun. She saw that the nun had a cigarette in her mouth. She's like, oh, never mind. I, I, I don't want that. That's, that's too, that's too ugly. And I'm like, damn, I can't, but like, yeah, it's just, it's just hilarious because it does it does get a reaction and that's just so cool that like and not only that but if it just it fits perfectly dude with with the fucking name and just the design like everything everything about it is us and that's what i love about that design <laughs> we, we are we are inundated with you know we'll, we'll watch on tv or something like that and they always show like a a priest or something like that and they've always got a vice 
you know, they'll, they'll smoke cigarette or, right. you know, they're drinking brandy or whiskey or something like that. And I'm like, they're human. You know, if she's got a cigarette, she's a nun. She's got a cigarette. It's not like she's fucking every, everybody in the, in the fucking <laughs> congregation or whatever. She's having a fucking cigarette. Yeah. You know, she's a human, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's not a slight against God or anything like that. It's, you know, it's a statement. It's, you know, it's just, don't read too much into shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, whatever. I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> some, some people just want to take shit to the extreme. And what was the shirt I was? Oh, it was the Sons of Anarchy shirt. And they're like, oh, so you're like into killing and shit. And I'm like, it's a fucking TV show. Are you serious? What the fuck? Yeah, no, dude, you know? it, it is. It is pretty crazy. Um, I remember getting a lot of looks when I was younger and wearing band T-shirts because, you know, it was corn or Slipknot at the time. And, you know, this was like mid-90s. Well, no, not mid-90s, like late-90s. And I, I, you know, growing up in a really small town, very religious town. Like, I remember one time, dude, I got pulled out of fucking class for wearing an Austin 316 T-shirt. Oh, and I had God. all these, I had all the, te- like, I had like, there was like four different teachers and they were all in a group and they were like, do you see this? Do you see this shirt? W- what does that mean? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, it's just a, it's a fucking t-shirt. It's a, it's stone cold. Like it's nothing else. Like, why are you trying to make this more than what it, like, even as a kid, that's like a, a my, like, why are you trying to make this worse than what it, you make me feel like a, a bad kid, like for liking, like, it's just, it's fucking insane to you that some things never change. But I mean, you're always going to have those people that, you know, are just overly sensitive about shit. Now that they have a fucking, you know, a computer or a tablet, they, you know, they can voice that opinion and all that. So I don't know, man, it's, it, it's whatever, dude. I mean, just imagine if you were in the eighties and you were wearing a full horseman t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man guilty 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 oh. i always got my uncle's like what's the four horsemen what, <laughs> what do you mean is that the four horsemen of the apocalypse no it's arn anderson tolly blanchard rick flair and barry windham <laughs> oh uh, dude i just i just got done watching the uh i, I don't mean to like sidetrack us here no but, you're uh, good I, you're good i just got done watching the uh the uh i don't know if you've seen it the undertaker's uh five-part documentary the the last ride uh-huh. and he was talking about the last episode he was talking about uh when he brought his dad to uh to text uh because like i think they were in houston i think this was like back in 94 95 and he had his dad backstage and like while he was getting all of his ring gear on and he's putting on like the makeup, you know, like the, the eyeliner, or not the eyeliner, but whatever, you know, stuff he had on. He looked over at his dad and his dad just looked, he said like his dad had like the biggest look of disappointment on his face and he just like shook his head like, Shh, this is what my son's doing now. <laughs> and like it's, I don't know, it's just like a, a crazy moment because like it's the undertaker, you know, when you just sit, I mean, it's funny just to see there and have his dad just being just like, Shh, like, I don't know. It's just so wild how things change. Could you you imagine? Could you imagine what you know the members of Kiss, what what Gene Simmons' mom or dad thought of that? Going, you're going out there with that crap on your face, or or Bowie, you know, or uh, the New York Dolls, or something like that, or hell, even you know, let's let's get it to the '80s when 
you know, poisons. Look what the cat dragged in. I had to double take on that because I look went and like, who the oh those are no those are dudes. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you know, and I'm like, sure their parents. I'm sure their parents were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Unless unless you're lucky like Marilyn Manson, in which case your dad will dress up like a Catholic priest at your at your shows. Like that was fucking crazy to see that. Like his dad had like a pretty warped sense of humor. So, but I thought that was pretty funny that, you know, his dad actually played into it. Instead of being embarrassed, he was like playing along. I thought it was pretty, I was, I got a kick out of that. Yeah. I mean, and, and to, you know, hi, like you said, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You look back at it and go, it's a fucking gimmick. It's right, no different right. than, you know, it's exactly. no different than, than somebody acting a character in a movie right. or a professional wrestler doing their thing in the ring or, or in front of the camera. It's a gimmick. So, you know, in every band, I don't care how plain Jane you think you are, you still have a gimmick, you know, and oh, yeah. you, you might be the, the most foul-mouthed, uh, hedonistic motherfucker when you're on stage, but, you know, when you when you get home to your wife and kids, you're that loving husband and that, right. that wonderful father, so yeah. Right, yeah. Everyone's got a public persona of some sort, so yeah. Exactly. You know, and... It, it's at varying degrees, but, you know, some people take it over the top. Right, you know? right. Yeah, uh, you know, unless you're Gene Simmons, who's a dick all the time. Oh, ain't that <laughs> <laughs> Fucking but, rock is dead. Fuck out of here with all that. <laughs> Come on now, man. Seriously. Oh, so you, you brought up something earlier. You know, you you... you have really taken this downtime to to focus on the music and 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 whatnot. So, um, are are you working on? Since you're working on a on a full EP, or are we? Are, are you just kind of focusing on songs right now? There there are plans to do another EP. Uh, it's in the early stages right now. We have about five. Actually, we do have about uh, a. Com- we have about six. So we have about a complete. Out almost EP's worth of material, but we're revising a lot of everything right now. I'm still I'm still writing a lot of the stuff out. I've only demoed I think about like three songs, so uh, there's yeah there's a lot of that stuff going on. But we do actually have two cover songs that we are working on. Uh, one of them is almost finished. That'll probably be the next release. That's not official yet. Uh, things could change from now and then, but. We do. Uh, we are working on a cover of uh, Filters. Hey man, nice shot. Ooh, so we'll be we'll be okay. putting that out uh, sometime this year. We have about two videos, two music videos that uh, will be released this year as well. Uh, we are going to be doing something special for uh, for the next single coming out. Uh, nothing is complete as of now, but coming weeks we'll be working on that uh, music video for one of our singles that we put out a long time ago, uh, Best Kept Secret, that one never, uh, we teased the music video uh, about a year ago, but a lot of things kind of fell through and we weren't able to actually get it done. But we're actually going to finish that. So that one will be out sometime this year too. Uh, We'll keep everyone posted on that. But yeah, in in between then, man, uh, yeah, just more writing, more creating. We're going to be trying to get more content uh, out on YouTube, uh, more pr- promotional videos, lyric videos, music videos, just trying to get more more stuff out there. Uh, but yeah, just you know, staying busy as always. So yeah, <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> so, and I know the two of you are, are you know geographically separated. It's not a crazy long distance or anything like that. But 
has the thought of doing like a you know a live stream or something like that ever come up? Absolutely. We've uh, we've actually been offered a few. I want to say we've actually already been offered like two or three gigs to do that, but unfortunately because of our working schedules, we haven't been able to actually make it happen. And not only that, but um, we do feel like we need to uh, rehearse a few before we actually are able to pull something off like that. But I would love to do that, and I. I can definitely see that uh, being in the cards, hopefully sometime next year. And I, I mean, we haven't really discussed it at length, but I myself would love to actually get a, a band together and actually do some live shows. I mean, maybe no, nothing too crazy or out of the ordinary, but something something very small and special and just, just to show that we can do it, you know, just so we can get out on stage and cameras never actually played on a stage before so I, I think it would be a very special you know kind of thing to actually get up on there and show everyone w- what we could really do so uh yeah absolutely I mean I if, if I had it my way man we'd be doing it all tomorrow but you know we uh all the great things you know take time so we'll see where it goes but yeah for sure I, you know I think that unfortunately I think COVID's here kind of to stay and it's yeah. always going to be a bit of a thorn in our side but I think at some point, you know, the the venues and the bars and everything like that are going to be able to open. We're going to be able to congregate. We're all, you know, we're going to be able to get to see live bands, hopefully sooner rather than later. And, and of, of course, safely as possible. But I think the live stream, you know, even if you're doing, you know, if you're at, I don't know, I'm going to pick a, if you're at Come and Take It Bar or whatever, and you're doing a, a performance, I think the live stream is is really kind of going to increase in in use you know even though you're in front of a live crowd i think it's really you know something that can can broaden each band's horizon is to just do a live stream at the same time so oh yeah absolutely you know i i think i think that's going to be uh i don't want to say the wave of the future because that is so cliche and so stupid sounding (laughs) but (coughs) excuse me but uh you know, you. I, I think that's just that's going to become a part of it. That's just going to become a, a mainstay of it. Is going to be that live stream. So, oh yeah. And and I, you know, if if it does happen, uh, I'll keep my. You know, I definitely keep my eye on your social media and stuff like that. But you know, to, I'd I'd love to see sincere either perform. I'd love to see you guys live. You know, and and do it. You know, in person so I can shake your hand afterwards. But. You know, if 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 it has to be on a live stream, I'll take that any day. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. That would be that would be so much fun. Uh, I think the idea is to do a live. Uh, I, I think we might have talked about this last time, but a live unplugged session. I uh, we already have a couple of songs that we've already sort of been demoing out as far as acoustic. Um, I know Doppelganger Stranger is probably going to be the first one. If and when it comes out, that will be one of the first ones that we do. Uh, and there's a couple of other ones. I know Crisis Averted was another one that we we talked about. And uh, we would also like to do some cover songs. So we'll probably do be doing some like Alice in Chains, Nine Inch Nails, a couple different bands like that. So um, that, that'll be something that we probably most likely take light sometime next year. Um, I mean, I, I originally we wanted it to be, I wanted it to be this year. But, you know, of course, with everything going on, I really don't think that's going to happen i mean i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see where it goes but yeah in the near future for sure that's definitely something that we're uh we're going to look into 
Well, we're only halfway through the year, and like you said, a lot can happen between now and you know right. January first. So you may get that opportunity to say, "Hey, you know, three months from now we're going to do it," and they give you three months for for y'all to get together and you know get some support players or something like that, expand the right. band and and do some rehearsing, get your get the songs down where you needed them, and then just go ahead and knock that fucker out the park. And I think that. With with the talent that is displayed on the recorded aspect of the music and and on your EPs and things like that, I think y'all have a real opportunity to uh, to hit a grand slam. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have, I guess, like a certain idea in my head of how I would like like it to go. But I mean, that's the beautiful thing about you know, especially live music is that like, it's just, it's so like unstable, like it, it, anything can really happen, both good and bad. And just once that, that first note hits in man, it's on, you know, and it's ready to go. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that if, and when it happens, it's going to be very, very special. Like I said, I, I really don't see us being like a, a live band or a touring band uh, just because me and Cameron both, are very adamant about being producers and the way we write music and just the way everything, the way the process goes, it kind of calls for it this way because we've tried it. We tried to like get together and jam out riffs and, you know, come up with beats and this and that and nothing ever stuck, man. Nothing ever works. And I, I can't tell you why. I don't think either one of us really knows why this process happens to work for us, but we've also learned like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know? So like, I think the basis of it is is that everything that we do is 50-50. Everything is it's a it's a 50-50 partnership, you know. I trust him to write the music as he see, sees fit. He trusts me with my concept and how I'm going to take it. And I think just because there's a lot of give and take and we're both open to, you know, to collaboration with one another, I think that's why we've been able to keep this thing going and not only that but, you know, gain some momentum from everything in the process. So I mean, it's, uh, I don't question it anymore. I just, I'm just riding the wave. So I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to see where, where it's going to take us. Well, there's been bands in the past that, you know, they were hugely successful and did hardly any live performances, if any, you know, they, they were, they were studio bands and they didn't, they didn't go out and do shows and, or maybe they do like one or two a year or one or two an album cycle, what have you. But they were still hugely popular and hugely su- successful. So, I mean, touring is, or, you know, being a, a live band isn't necessarily a necessity when it comes to that. You know, it's just for a fan, it's just, it's great to be able to see those guys live. Say, yes, I saw them live. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but, you know, you have to do what's right for the band and the 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 individuals that make up the band because if it if it just you know if it's it's not feasible it's not feasible right now maybe later on down the line but hey we gotta we gotta take care of ourselves first yeah absolutely and 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 let me preface this by saying like i it's nothing against live music per se because i fucking love live music man i love being on stage as much as i love being in the crowd watching a band like there's just there's just a feeling unlike any other watching a live show you know so i'm I'm not downplaying that whatsoever but kind of going back to what you were saying you know how there was only uh there were some bands that would only play a certain few times a year but still they would do that so those people in the crowd would be like yeah i'm the one i saw that shit you know not everyone else is going to get to see this i saw that and I think because of that, it makes those performances much more special. 
And I think that's something that is not only fitting for the group, but I feel like that is something that also, you know, would make a lot of sense, you know, because every, every, everything we do in this fucking group, man, is so untraditional uh, from the songwriting process to the production to, I mean, everything, you know, I mean, we, it's just so it's weird. I mean, and it's granted it's because of everything, you know, the, this day and age that we live in that we've been able to, to do this and pull this off. But it's still like it's still weird just knowing that we can we can do this like this our way. And I, I, there's just something so cool about that. So, yeah, I'm definitely grateful for that. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think I was kind of thinking about it. I, I want to say uh, a band that was was really hugely popular, didn't tour much at all. I want to say it was like the Alan Parsons Project. Oh, OK. I think it. Uh, again, we're going back to wrestling, but uh, Ricky Steamboat used to come out to one of their songs, "Serious." Really? That was that that dun 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 dun. Okay. Dun, 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 that that's Alan Parsons' project. No shit, dude. And that's, I think it also awesome. was the theme song for Saturday Night's main event. Huh. No, no, I can't. I think I got that wrong. But I know Ricky Steamboat definitely came out to "Serious," the song "Serious," and they didn't tour very often, but they were huge. Oh, I mean, yeah. they were everywhere on the radio. So. You know, they had Eye in the Sky and stuff like that. I mean, their albums right. went, you know, multi-platinum and whatnot. But I don't, I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I don't, I think they didn't tour very often. Wow. So you know, yeah, so, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's possible, man. Anything. There's precedence possible. there. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So let's uh, let's talk about Sure Stay. This is going to be the song that's going to come out on June 30th of this year. And we were kind of talking a little bit off air. There's there's kind of a and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's kind of a link between ambivalent and sure stay, correct? Uh as far as the writing process goes, absolutely. Yes. So um the concept behind sure stay kind of came before the actual idea of the song. So going back to what we were talking about earlier with the indie underworld, after we saw Demon Scar and Creep Scene and then robot gods and you know all these great collaborations coming to life i you know thought to myself like we definitely need to do a collaboration and you know just looking at all the bands in the group i was like what what is a band that i felt like would fit with us the best you know right off the bat anyway and i mean immediately i thought of true the gray uh the guys uh the guys from colorado and uh they're kind of in the same vein as us i mean we're you know i mean every band in the indie underworld is is different and stands out on its own but i felt like they were um uh kind of in the same vein as we were so i thought that both of our styles would complement one another so i reached out to them and i asked them if they would be open to doing the collaboration and pete uh, the singer was like yeah uh, just you know uh give us you know just something whenever you're ready and we'll go from there and so while all of this is going on, uh, this is, I want to say, uh, around mid-January. Uh, I got some really devastating news that one of my best friends was in a car accident. And, I mean, she was in pretty bad shape. And normally when, when things get really bad in my life, uh, it's always uncanny that Cameron always seems to send me a song right when I need to, to hear it, right when I need to work on something. You know, right when I need to dig into something. And he sent me this song. And he, you know, at first he was like, uh, it's just, it's kind of just something really simple. There's really not a whole lot there. And it's a, it's a very melodic song. Obviously we have melody in our, 
music as anyone knows, but this one was just so unlike any of the other songs that we had done prior. And I just remember um, like listening to it and the day that all of this stuff was going on and the day that I got the song, I actually ended up having a meeting in San Antonio. So as I'm coming back from San Antonio, you know, the song is playing and I actually look, you know, and uh, off the highway, off the 35, you know, you see all the different restaurants and businesses and, you know, hotels and motels and all that stuff. And I saw a big sign and it said, sure stay. I always, I just thought like, I don't know why, but that name just stuck out and it just sounded kind of weird. Like it doesn't really, I mean, it's just a, you know, fucking motel name or whatever, but that, that term stuck out to me for whatever reason. Anyway, uh, fast forward a couple of, a couple of weeks later, I'm at 1090 studios and I'm kind of just, I'm just writing shit out. I'm just demoing it and I'm just kind of just spitting stuff out. You know, I'm really angry and pissed off i just have a couple of different lines of what i want to say i'm just spitting stuff and and at the very end of the outro a line came to me like in the moment and the line was are you sure that you can't stay today and as soon as that hit me as soon as like i said that i was like that's it that's that's the fucking concept of the song so once i demoed something out i sent i sent it back to pete i gave him the rundown of what the song was about where i was going with it and then about a month later, he uh, he sent me his vocals, and I was just fucking blown away, man. It was just, it was everything that I was looking for when I when I first heard the song. The chorus to this song was just so big and massive, and I knew it needed a good, strong, melodic voice. And I I just knew I couldn't do it, man. I just knew I, I needed someone to bring this to life the way you know I kind of heard it in my in my head. And which was another reason why I wanted to go with True the Grey, because Pete is such a great fucking singer, man. And I don't think they, those guys get enough credit just as musicians. But the way he sang the song, man, it just it hit me in such a way. And this song, man, is like it's so emotionally driven. I feel like this is this may not be the heaviest song we've ever done, but it's the most emotionally heavy song that we've ever done. And I mean, when you hear it, man, it just it it just it hits your heart. And uh, it's still, man, it's still, it still breaks me out in tears just thinking about it because it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy, man. You know, like you have these emotions and then just to see all this stuff come to life, it's, it's really special. But, um, once I was able to step back, cause at first the song was really angry, you know, it was, it was just about being hurt and it was about, you know, uh, shit, sorry, hold on. <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry you know just about losing those close to you and knowing that you can't do anything about it and just wishing that they were there and at first it was you know it was just a really vicious angry song about you know lashing out and once I was able to take a you know take a breath take a step back look at the whole elephant you know, I was able to sort of come back with something a lot more refined, something that kind of just speaks to everyone. So there is anger and there is hurt there, but there's also there's peace of mind, you know, and and there's sort of some kind of clarity as far as like understanding what what reality is and, you know, what all we go through. And that's that's kind of where <clears throat> that's where it all came from. So, yeah. 
sorry, I know that was kind of rambling a little bit there, but yeah, that's pretty much where everything was from. You know, writing a song, especially when the wounds are fresh, like you said, you can't you can't see the whole elephant. You know, you can't see the forest for the trees because you're looking at one tree, but you fail to realize at that exact moment that there's just millions of trees around you. So you have to stay you have to take a step back. And when you can take something that is so personal and so, you know, hits close to home and put it on paper, you know, put it on tape, uh, you know, record it, mix it and everything like that, and then have the intestinal fortitude to to release it, you know, in you know, it like you said this you, this happened in January. Yes. So I mean, actually, oh, yeah. the, the wound. I know the wounds are still fresh. You know, they're, they they yeah. they they haven't scarred over yet. So yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, when definitely not when you can take that and say you know and, and put it out there. That's balls, man. That's balls. Yeah, and and you know, once again, man, this is this is the only way I know how to get this out, you know? And I mean, that's why, once again, I'm so grateful that I have, I have sincere and I have this music and I have, you know, something to just dig and, you know, pour my, pour my heart and soul into because I mean, if not for anyone, it's, you know, it's, it's for me, it's for my, my sanity, you know? I mean, this is how, this is how I cope. This is how I've been able to get through everything that I've, you know, this is already the second one of this is already the second friend I've lost in a fucking car accident, you know, and I mean, like, it's it's kind of like it just, you know, when perceptions change and the way you look at the world changes and your beliefs and, 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 and all of that comes into play, you know, and I mean, I think that's that's very apparent in the song, you know, one of the one of the lines in the song actually came from a friend of mine. And it's so weird because uh, a couple of years ago. 2014, uh, I lost another one of my friends in you know car accident. He was actually the drummer for the second band that I was in. So you know, me and him were really, really close, and uh, that fucked me up for a good while, man. And I remember being at a friend's apartment one day, and I was talking to him about you know these ideas of heaven and hell and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he was an atheist, but I remember him saying something that kind of like caught me off guard. You know, he was like, "Well, have you ever thought about building your own heaven?" you know, building your own heaven here. And I'm like, what? Like, what does that mean? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why he would say that. And it wasn't until all this stuff happened, man, that it, that line just came to me instantly. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll build this heaven inside of my head where all my favorite people are, you know? And then that's where, like, that's where all the, all the words started flowing out after that. So, you know, that, once again, that was kind of where I was able to get this peace of mind. Like, you know what? Like, these people are still alive in my memories. They're still alive in my heart. You know, I can still, I can still tell their stories. I can still share how great these people were, you know, and to me, that's like, it's, you know, going back to the silver lining, that's the only kind of silver lining I can really have, man. And, um, this with the song and everything, man, I just, I just, if anything, I just hope it really, I just really hope it helps or speaks to someone who, you know, who knows what it's like to lose someone, that they really love and care about because I mean, it, it'll fuck you up, dude. If you, if you let it, I, I think with a subject like that, we've all had everybody 10 years or older, I would say has lost somebody that's near and dear to, could be a grandmother, 
Yeah, uh, you know, it could be, uh, you know, a parent, a sister, an aunt and uncle, you know, a friend, what what have you. We we've all had to deal with, uh, you know, the whether you knew it was coming or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you still yes. have to deal. With, you know, you have to 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 settle up with that grief. You have to uh, go through that grieving process and everything like that. I think that a song that addresses that is going to to be able to reach a lot of people, and they're going to be able to put it to whatever situation or who whoever the individual was that they lost. They're going to be able to put it to that person because of. You know, the subjectivity of music, you can apply it to whomever. You know, if it was a loss of a grandmother, grandfather, you know, whoever. You know, it's it, you're going to be able to do that. And again, taking something that was so fresh in your mind and in your in your heart, put that out there and and then draw from other influences. You know, like you said, your your friend, you know, making heaven on, on earth and making your own heaven. That tells me you have a very fertile mind, very creative mind, but at the same time, you're, you're very much in touch. You know, you're, you're in touch with your own feelings. You know who you are, you know how you're going to react. Um, so, and then just putting it out for the world to see that's big time, brother. That's big time. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I mean, it's, I think that kind of, that kind of stems from uh, the, you know, just, I don't know if it's just the confidence or maybe it's just to the point where when I got in this group, I just said that I wasn't going to hold back anymore, you know, because for, for every group or every band or everything I was in, like I, I, there was something and I couldn't tell you what it was, but there was always something that was keeping me from just like, just throwing caution to the wind and just, you know, just like we were saying about image imagery and all that, you want people to see you a certain way. And once, once you show someone a different side of you, you can't undo that, you know? So like at first that was kind of, I've always been that kind of emotional person. Anyone who knows me personally knows how emotional I can get at times and whatnot. And uh, that was something I was very worried about, showing people but i realized that like when i got with this group and everything i'm like fuck it dude i don't fucking care anymore like this is just how i feel fuck it you know and the funniest thing is that now i feel like more people relate to it so much more than anything else that i've ever done and i guess that's kind of the idea is that you know people are starting to see more of themselves in it and maybe that's why <laughs> but yeah i mean it took it took everything to to get to that you know like just going through hell to just finally say, fuck it, you know, this is it. I mean, this is who I am. Never apologize for being who you are. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, and, I got you. Yeah. Uh, if you can't be yourself, you, you just, you, you're living life wrong in the first place. But I don't know. It just, you think that with whatever, whatever kind of loss it is, the loss of a pet, shit, I don't, you know, loss of whatever, you know, you, you've got to, I don't know, you've got to be, be able to deal with it. And then as, from a musician standpoint, you have, you know, whether you've got that gimmick and you're living the gimmick and all that other stuff, uh, the best gimmicks have a, have a, a, a are actually an extension of you. So right. yeah, I get, make I get it, where make it from. yours. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think where more what I was, I guess where what I was getting at was that, I try to be much, you see, this, this is 
kind of hard to explain to you this because this is the kind of thing I struggle with like in my personal relationships is that like I I have such a I want to be that 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 you know that rock you know I want to be that that person that when sh- everything goes to shit I'm the one who has the game face on you know I want to be the soldier just showing nothing you know and I realize that I can't be that person and I think that that's where the str- internal struggle comes from is because you know I, I always want to put a guard up, but I know I can't do that because that's just not who I am, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's what I've struggled with all my life. But now I'm finally getting to the point where I'm breaking out of that shell. And I'm just like, like I said, you know, like we were saying, like, I don't, I don't fucking care anymore. But it takes a while for you to actually get that kind of confidence up, you know, to, to just even think that or to do that. So, well, each individual person is different and they're going to mature at different rates. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it's it's been scientifically proven that that females typically mature faster than mentally mature faster than boys do. You know, boys don't or males don't mature until they're like 25. And, you know, we all act stupid and do stupid things. And the girls right. are sitting there going, what the fuck is wrong with you? But, um, <laughs> right. but uh, you know, when when you uh, you know, when you get to that maturity and you know i i don't know i i guess i kind of lost myself when going scientific but you know you're you're going to get to that point where you can just you know you know get out of that shell yeah it's going to be at different points in life you know i i know i know guys that didn't get out of their shell until they were in their 40s you know and and you know they they were very sheltered. They didn't get out, but when they when they did finally come out of shit, man, they were a fucking blast to be around. Not that they were boring to be around, but they came out of their shell, and people were like, "Dude, where the fuck have you been hiding for the past forty years?" <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it doesn't matter when it happens, as long as you don't. You've got to be yourself. Don't be afraid of what other people are going to think about you. Because yeah. the only person you have to impress is yourself, and and I, you know, it took me a long time to realize that. So you know, if I, if, if if podcasting was as big as it is now, you know, fifteen twenty years ago, I wouldn't have I I'd way stuck in my shell, and I wouldn't have been able to get on a microphone and talk to you know people I don't know from Adam. Now I can talk to a tree, have a conversation with a tree. I, I don't yeah. care anymore, you know. So. <laughs> that's a that's dude. That's a great fucking way of looking at it. Yeah, definitely. All right, where can uh, just to, as a reminder, where can uh, the listeners find sincere on social media? Uh, everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> um, I mean, you name it, man. I, uh, it's pretty much sincere music. Uh, so if you just type in the keyword sincere, it should pop up. But if you're on like an internet or if you're on the, the browser or whatever, uh, sincere slash, you know, yeah. And, uh, if you, anyone who wants to, you know, download any of our music, uh, our entire catalog is up at sincere Uh, we actually just ordered a new batch of t-shirts, uh, sizes small through XXL. So if anyone needs a t-shirt, uh, hit us up on social media the rad design that uh, little red is sporting right now um <laughs> but yeah um set us up man uh i think the majority of messages that we uh reply back to is on twitter so if anyone wants like immediate response that's probably the best place to get a hold of us but yeah 
Uh, and and you bring up something really important. And uh, I had a uh, conversation with Liver Killer uh, last week, and you know it, they they did a gig, didn't or you know something like that. It was real bullshit. But mm-hmm. I kind of went on a rant that this is a time that a lot of places we can't, you know, a lot of states, a lot of cities we can't go see live bands. You know, we're really constricted on, on on our movements and stuff or restricted on our movements and whatnot if there's any way that you can support the band and whether that's listening to their music on on a streaming platform supporting them on social media or purchasing merch if you're you know if you're financially stable enough to purchase some merch and you are a fan of the band don't be afraid to to you know shell out the 15 20 25 dollars or you know whatever it is uh, to to buy a shirt, you know, it, it goes a long way. And Absolutely. I know everybody's everybody's strapped and everybody's having, you know, we're all in dire straits and things of that nature. But it's the smallest thing. It's a follow on on uh, Twitter. It's a, a like on a YouTube video. It's 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 the smallest thing means yes. the biggest thing. So, Absolutely, yes. So support them in any way that that you that you possibly can. Uh, Trey, man, I want to thank you for taking time to to come on the show and sharing the new music. You're going to now, listeners. You're going to get to hear this song before it's released. It's going to be released on Tuesday, January or oh, January June thirtieth. Man, I stuck <laughs> on January. Aren't I? June thirtieth, twenty twenty. Sure State is going to be released on all of the streaming platform so like i said hey support the band go out there check it out be follow them on spotify or or whatever it is you know if it's if you're getting it from itunes you know pay the 99 cents or whatever and, and get this all. i haven't used itunes and for fucking ever but uh <laughs> you know don't be afraid to 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 buy the song so it's it's yours at that point you know you can you can do whatever you need to you know listen to it offline and you know put it put it on a you know, put it on a playlist and all that great stuff. But uh, that's going to be out. And and Ambivalent is out there. It's It was released on April 1st. It's on the, the streaming services. Go check out Sincere's music. These guys, they have amazing talent. They have amazing songs. And if you have not checked them out yet, you're missing out. You're, you're, you really are. And then, hey, while you're at it, go check out the other bands that are associated with the indie underworld, Demon Scar, David HK, uh, Pharmacide, all these guys. Carmilla, oh yes, Carmilla. Black Rose Reception, Hammer Down Hard, Brain Cell. Uh, There's so many, so many, so many great fucking bands on there. And I mean, that's not, that's just a few. This side of Anarchy, you know, just, you know, they're, and and these are a close-knit, self-sufficient group that, promote themselves they don't need a fucking record company to do it they do it themselves and and all of them are talented and all of them are fucking amazing via novice is another one uh yes. so you know just support support local music as best you can even though you may not be able to see them live you know keep them in your mind talk about the band to your friends and family spread the word word of mouth is a huge weapon and, and exposure so trey again thank you for coming on the show thanks again for having me man i appreciate it and uh again hey 
door is still open, brother. You know, y'all get ready to release an EP or, you know, something like that. Just, hey, like you did this last time, just hit me up. We'll oh, make sure yeah, yeah. And, uh, and get you back on the program. Oh, yeah. We'll be back, and, man. We'll definitely be back for sure. And uh, thanks for the for the uh, uh, wacky conversation today. I mean, we, I think we hit every base. We even went down I a pro wrestling so. road, which I, I love. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a whole other episode in the making happening right there. Well, you never know, man. I might get a, I might get an itch and go. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Any, any bands that are pro wrestling fans, we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore of the NWA or something oh, like dude, that. Dude, I would love that. That'd be so awesome. Hey, you know what? It, it might be in the works. You never know. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, all right, brother. I will let you uh, have the rest of your day again. Thank you for coming on. And um, until next time, this is Little Rage out.